Well, welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. Well, I am Pastor Mark, the discipleship pastor here at the Crossing Church, and with me today on my left is... I'm Pastor Leslie, the children and family pastor here at the Crossing. And on my right... I'm just just Brian living the COVID dream. Just some guy named Brian, who also happens to be our lead pastor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we try not to call him senior pastor because uh, 56? 56. 56. Yeah. That's still that's not bad. Yeah, well, well, it's in your opinion. Well, okay, well, that's fair. Yeah, okay. kiss I, my ring. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to wake you up there, big boy. Uh, yeah, so uh, we are recording this bright and early. Well, okay, for me, it's bright and early. I've been awake for hours. Yeah, so have I. Thanks for not turning your alarm off this morning. Uh, it... Pastor Leslie and I, by the way, are married, if you didn't know that. So, 6 a.m., wide awake. Guess who slept through her alarm? Ooh, that'd be me. Yep, that would be you. So, I've been awake for a little while, and if you didn't know, uh, Pastor Nate, one of our other members of our teaching team, uh, he kind of has a general rule that uh, don't talk to him before 9 a.m., especially without coffee. And we've discovered that I'm kind of in a similar boat to that, and... Well, it's 8.39 in the morning, and I haven't had coffee yet, so, yeah. All right, we've been, uh, we've been just listening to Mark grunt. That's pretty much what's what we've heard. Yeah, if you can decipher some of the things that, uh, you know, particularly my wife, she, she has become quite adept at it. Uh, in the morning, we have entire conversations, and I don't actually say words. No words are formed. Yeah. Many words are formed on my behalf. It's true. But you, you, you have to fill both, both ends of the conversation. They do that quite well, quite easily, actually. Yeah. Happens a lot. You ever, do you, have you ever been, Mark, a morning person? You know, oddly enough, uh, yes. So I actually, in high school, uh, was a morning person. So I had classes and other activities and things like that uh, that usually would start uh, anywhere from 5.30 to 6 in the morning. So I was waking up at 4.30, and, and I was ready and raring to go. Like, it's it just one of those things where I got up and I could just go. And then college happened, and 8 a.m. classes, and... It was all downhill after that. I just, I don't know what happened. The switch happened and, and boom, now we're here. So, right. Leslie, you're undoubtedly a morning person. Oh, and I have been forever. I was a college student who purposely put 8 a.m. classes into Ugh. my schedule. No, because there's then, nobody that's ever done that. Yeah, I did because then I could have the afternoon and do whatever I want and nap. Uh, I like napping. I don't think I can grunt loud enough on this, but. It's, you could just turn your mic volume up. It's that true. I can, I'll edit it in post, but it's just, I, I don't get morning people. Like, again, I used to be one, but now I'm just like, why? That's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm an, I, now I will say I am a night owl, so I'm up way later than what most people are comfortable with. And you probably should be. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, that's probably half of the struggle today because 2 a.m. was only about six and a half hours ago. I was sleeping. Yeah, she was. But well, when you have when you have teenagers, your your uh, their their curfew is eleven fifty two. We made that that little thing a long time ago. Okay. It's not midnight because that way, if they're a little late, they yeah, got, they know they got eight minutes uh, grace period, right. sort of, sort of. So when they're out or in the basement making a lot of noise, uh, you're still you even though you might be a morning person, you might still have to get up early. You're still up late because you just bad you know bad things happen after midnight. Yeah, they do. That's happening after is 10. That the, is that danger, the saying? Danger never takes a vacation. <laughs> yeah, there you Danger never takes vacation. I never sleep on danger. Oh, no. All right, so, Pastor Brian, are you a morning person then? 
you know, I don't know what I am. I, I, I used to be a night owl, not as, not as late as 2 a.m., but now I'm just kind of in between. I'm, I'm kind of a, kind of a 7 to 11 guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I, I mean, to 11.52. So that's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. 11.52. All right. See, for, for us, the curfew, of course, growing up was, you know, and some, some of our listeners might appreciate this, but uh, when the streetlights came on, that's when you would see kind of everyone scatters like roaches. We start right. sprinting back to home because if you could get there before mom and dad realized the streetlights were kicking on, you were okay. And but. you got bonus points that you hope maybe you could use later uh-huh. if so, uh, if you got there and that what they thought was early. Exactly. Say, so, see, look, I'm here not not just on time. I'm here early. Don't mind the fact that I'm breathing heavier than <laughs> I ever have, but. I have a really good 40 time. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, well, so this weekend we, uh, we were chatting about a few things. We were continuing in our sermon series, unstoppable. This was like week 28 or something. I, I 97, yeah, 97. Um, it, it's been a good series though. Um, so the book of acts is, uh, one of my personal favorites for a variety of reasons. Um, and it's just been really great to, to explore it, to, uh, explore the early church and just see the impact that they had, uh, on us today. So this week, uh, I, I just want, I, I want to get it out of the way. It was titled, but God. And as an individual who sometimes has, you know, s- slips my own self, I can only, I, I, I was hoping, I was just hoping that there was going to be a change in the emphasis. No, to no, that's, that's, um, you know, when, when you're trying to be full of the spirit, Mark, <laughs> I don't even know. I think you need some more coffee. I, I probably I do know. need some more. It's B-U-T. Yeah. Oh, so not, not a butt God. <laughs> there he goes. He, <laughs> had to do it. he had to do it. It's 843. I will, you know, it, it is what it is. Awesome. It sounds like you're, the, it's 843 in the morning. How you doing out there? <laughs> he, so the, in our, in our pre-production meeting, Pastor Brian was like, are you about to change your voice right now? Like, is this, is this about to happen? And I had to summon every amount of energy in my body to say yes. <laughs> so, but here we are. But so, but God, uh, but, but. But God, but, but God, there we go. God that's, stepped in. that's the emphasis. Yeah, God yeah. stepped in. Yeah. Let's so. think about it like that. All right. Well, give us a, give us a quick little rundown of uh, maybe some of the key points, some of the things that uh, if you, if you missed this weekend, uh, just the, the easy digestible uh, section. You said digestible. I did. Okay. So the, I don't know if you know if you did that on purpose, but it is, it does it's eight, work. It's well. 44. I don't it, know if it, anything's on it, purpose. It works well because I use the uh, transformation metamorphosis uh, Ooh, correlation. That's a solid and, word. And what I found out, well, I'm a reader. Oh, the key to the whole thing. While I was reading this last week, I found out that in the metamorphosis, the, uh, the caterpillar must actually digest itself. That's gross. I, I actually said in the 10, 1030 live service uh, that we have, I said, you know, that sounds like a pretty good cut down for some people. Like, Mark, why don't you go digest yourself? <laughs> hey, I've been called worse. So <laughs> so anyway, that, that whole transformational change that, that uh, the caterpillar goes through to, to butterfly, you know, our, our fancy, that's not that fancy, but our word for that is conversion, transformation, metamorphosis. And uh, Pastor Leslie asked me, and uh, others have as well, uh, I put something up on the TV that I think made, made sense for, uh, for people and I think brings, brings a lot of hope to us about how God does this. Does this, does this. Uh, there we go. Uh, conversion, here's the quote, is the certainty that what you were does not determine what you are, and what you are does not determine what you will be. Just, dr- just dropping knowledge Boom. for you. Dropping knowledge. And that, and that's or an N. 
Just wondering. <laughs> Got a lot going on if, there. If you, yeah. If so, if if you weren't in, uh, if you if you did miss service, there there might have been a knock against a a certain university known as. Uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, I mentioned something about the N on their helmet standing for knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually got some hate mail on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I heard if, as a pastor, you're not getting hate emails, you're not preaching. I'm not I'm not getting hate, I'm not getting hate legalistic <laughs> yeah, emails. Yeah, it might be the wrong emails. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still getting know. some, but that's just know. because of the way I do things. No. Well, well Leslie, what did you, what did you, what stood out about that, about that quote for you? What stood out for me was the fact that the process is never ending. Um, There is this ability that just because I have met Jesus doesn't mean that I am done transforming. It doesn't mean that I have arrived at looking like Jesus yet, that who I am now, there's going to be a new Leslie, um, both in this life and there's going to be a new Leslie when Jesus comes back, whenever that is. Yeah. The, the interesting, the interesting, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday morning and I, I mentioned to them and they were kind of questioning me on this whole process. And I think they were kind of nudging me towards the idea that can you ever arrive? Can you ever like, you know, I'm done. Right. And, uh, I, I like to use the analogy of, of, of a house and cleaning the house when uh, when we were when my brother and I were little kids, when my grandparents would come over, we had the job of cleaning certain things, and we didn't do a super thorough job. <laughs> we we had a closet near the kitchen that we threw anything. Yeah. We threw stuff in that we didn't know where it went. Yeah, yeah it's the junk drawer. Yeah, 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 yeah the junk just, drawer, but it's a junk closet. Yeah, dedicated yeah. room. Yeah, so we uh, so we we threw stuff in there. So the rest of the house, when the grandparents came over, looked really really clean. But then uh, we just prayed that there would be no reason to open that closet door. Right. Yeah. And, and I was telling this person yesterday that, that, that the Holy Spirit does come into our life and, and even want to clean the closet because we do kind of secretively hide some things in there and put some things in there. So it is, a, it is a total cleaning, if you will. The problem is, is if my grandparents came over, let's say, once a month, next month, guess what we still had to do? Uh-huh. We still had to do some more cleaning, so I think that is that the new Leslie. Is there's always there's always some uh, transformation taking place, some new lessons learned, some new things God has shown you, or is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And even like if you don't have a junk closet where you're putting things, dust still accumulates. Right. You still bring in dirt. There's still there's always a place and time. <clears throat> It was killing sorry me. I'm about like, that. Clear your throat. Like, <laughs> there's always a, it's morning. It's morning. Yeah, there's always a place in time where we're not perfect. We in Nazarendom we talk about sanctification and entire sanctification, um, but God is still saying, "I'm not done. I'm not done." If if God were done with us, I oh, I hope he I I hope and pray God is never done with me. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's not he's never going to be done with any of us. We got to and you're right to bring up the the big stuff in the closet that doesn't fit. There is a time that those shouldn't go back in the closet. Right. But there are uh, there there's new dust of a variety of things called life that 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 continues to happen. Well, one of the one of the people in my uh, in the sermon that obviously was the focal point was this guy Saul who was a uh, who had quite a resume of uh, not so great things that that he had 
he's raised a Jew, trained as a rabbi, but he's a violent persecutor of the early church. And he, he goes through a radical conversion slash transformation experience on the Damascus road. So I know, I know Mark, you're awake now. So when you, when you, when you, when you, when you think of, when you think of Paul or Saul, soon to be Paul, and you think about his resume, why was he, why was he so unlikely? Oh man. Well, so that's actually one thing that uh, has always fascinated me. And, and we actually have been working through uh, in an online class on Thursdays in our, our across the university class, um, the letters of Paul and, and working through his theology and just, and, and we've actually been doing it in chronological order. So you can see kind of his early excitement, like, oh, this is really cool. And then he gets into ministry for a couple of years and it's just like, oh, this is a lot more difficult than I might realize. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but to go all the way back to the beginning, you know, we, we often mark this guy as like this horrendous uh, oppressor, which, which, you know, he was in certain regards, but like this was, this was the best of the best. Like this guy, um, everything that he did was legalistic, um, was, was rooted in his Jewish faith in his upbringing. Um, I mean, th- this was a guy who uh, his family had actually earned Roman citizenship at this point. Um, likely something that his either his parents or his grandfather had done. So he was a Roman citizen. He was a Jew. You know, he was among the religious authority. Like every single one of those things is one of the is just like anti Jesus in those moments. Uh, and so for this guy to 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 be doing this, I mean, we see him you know, being there present for the stoning of Stephen. Um, we, we see him involved in in these subtle ways just trying to undermine the early church. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, blinding light, and you know, here we are. We, yeah. we experience this amazing metamorphosis, if you there will. You yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, Paul is dramatically changed from the inside out. Yeah, and it's quite the eclectic background. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah just, You've been just, reading some books. Yeah, I'm just telling wow, you. Wow, we're yeah. using multi-syllable words yeah, this that's morning. Right, that's right. So, but what I, what I love about Saul's reaction to the whole thing, when he writes in Galatians 1 and then uh, what Luke writes about in in Acts nine, um, I I love the fact that he he gives God primary the primary role in what just took place because I mean I I didn't do all the study and on Saul Mark that you have but he's a pretty uh, big time leader prideful yeah. Uh, yeah you know has has all those characteristics of I can do this myself right but he gives God. A giant, uh, a giant, giant props to say no. This was him, and uh, of course, I think it would, it would, it helps that he actually saw. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he yes. Saw, he's in the blinded by the light as he as that situation has taken place. It literally says he sees Jesus. Yeah, that would get my attention. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and that's, you know, it, it's one thing for Saul would have absolutely been aware of who Jesus was, would have been very familiar with his teachings. And that's, that's another thing that really sets Saul apart at this point is, you know, you, you talk about him, him saying, well, I'm just going to do this. It was for good reason. I mean, he was for what he did and for what his position was uh, and, and who he was as a person. He was one of the best of the best. I mean, he, he knew everything he needed to, to know. He, he followed all the laws. He, he, in fact, he interpreted them, you know, in ways that uh, other people probably would not have thought of before. And, and he really was the best of the best when it came to, I mean, basically being a religious lawyer. And so for him to then turn around and, and to have all of this knowledge and then basically get smacked upside the head by, you know, a blinding light two by four, you know, he it, it's going to get your attention. 
And, and, and that's just, that's just such an amazing part of his, of his conversion story. Yeah. And I think what's really cool is that not only did Saul have knowledge of the Jewish law because he was so high up in it, he, and you mentioned this pastor Mark, he knew Jesus, yeah. like he didn't personally have a relationship with him. Um, but I feel like, especially in today's world, we throw a lot of hate around without knowing. Yeah. Uh, who we're hating yeah. or what we're hating. And Saul wasn't doing that. Saul could have probably gone to bat with those who walked with Jesus and been like, yeah, he did this, but it was on the Sabbath. So that's why, because he had, because he had so much knowledge, he was actually, you know, in retrospect, the perfect, the perfect oh, person. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. It's like God knew what he was doing. Right. right? What? Wow. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah. So, so he really, because of his background and his knowledge, and I, I, I even think about Ananias was supposed to go after he's blinded by the light, he was supposed to go and, and show up at this particular house and, 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 and help and heal his blindness and all of that kind of thing. But Ananias had to have some moments where he's like, "You want me to do what?" Uh huh. That's a whole. That was a whole different sermon. I wanted to get into that, but uh, everybody made such ruthless fun of my forty-minute uh, <laughs> sermon the week before that I kept this baby under thirty. But, but it's uh, Ananias had to have some fear and trepidation. You you want me to go deal with this guy? I mean, can we give him some time to make sure that it's really stuck? Right. You know, can can we, right, right. Maybe like, maybe not eat for a few more days. Yeah. So he's a little weaker. He's not, or, he's not faking it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but I love Ananias's faith and the whole thing just to, to really pretty much jump on and say, Hey, yeah. let's, let's, let's do this. But that's, that's another sermon, but, but God, but God, Mark, that's what I, I want to, I want to say, I gave a few examples and I think a lot of us can relate to these. Those of you that are listening is, is we make the, uh, I made poor choices, but God stepped in. Mm -hmm. I feel like giving up, but God stepped in. I feel stuck. I, I think all of us, you know, even three of us here, you know, pastor titles and all, we can relate to those. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, we all, we all might even, you know, have, have a story, have a moment. I don't know if you guys want to get into one of those or get personal. Should we get real here? Nate's not here. So maybe we can get, yeah, more we vulnerable. can actually talk about our feelings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if Pastor Leslie's here, you know, we're going to talk about our feelings. We're going to name them. We're going to name Yeah. No, that's, uh, that I'm, I'm all on board for that. That actually, um, you know, the, the quote that you had mentioned earlier, uh, that, that really is a message of hope for a lot of people. And, and again, even particularly me, one of, one of my favorite things is, uh, every so often I'll connect with, uh, I, I guess caveat, like I wasn't a terrible kid in high school by any means, but you know, I, I could have been living a lot better. And He's a middle child. Yeah, I, I feel like that, that explains, pretty much yeah. explains That's everything. That's all you need to know. So, you know, it, it's funny because every so often I'll connect with someone from my high school days. And, you know, it, it's always kind of one of those, oh, yeah, how are things going? And then the inevitable question, oh, well, what do you do? I say, well, I'm a pastor. And, you know, whether it's text or call, you know, phone call or some other method of communication, you, you kind of, you hear the, What? Like, I mean, you know, it's, huh. well, yeah, you're what's better than sometimes what I get. I get a, a really, <laughs> <laughs> I just get looks. Yeah. But I mean, and, and I'm sure we all probably relate to that to mm -hmm. a little bit, but it, it's just kind of one of those, that, that quote gives me hope. Cause it's like, you know what? I don't have to be that, you know, punk 16 year old that I was, you know, of course I, again, pretty tame in comparison to some people, but you know, that, that's something that uh, for a long time, I kind of, I was almost embarrassed to bring up and to say, well, yeah, I'm a pastor now. And they said, really you like, mm -hmm. you know, after, you know, and yeah, I would have never guessed that. And, 
And, and, and at first I was embarrassed about that. And then it kind of, as I went along, I said, you know what? No, that's still part of my narrative. That's still part of my transformation in the work of, of God. That it, That is, you know, again, but God, mm-hmm. you know, even though I was a punk, but God stepped in and, and started this whole new journey for me. So yeah, it's, I, I find so much, so much hope and so much joy in, in that, in that knowledge that, you know, God is there and will step in. So. I remember, I mean, I remember for me, you know, doing a little reminiscing as the old 56 year old, whatever. <laughs> uh, Back in the day when I was new to everything, Christian, everything new, going to a Christian college. And it seemed like, it seemed like the people, the, the people that I met first had just unbelievable roots in the church. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I didn't even really know a ton at the time, but I mean, if I, uh, in some of our circles, if I name, if I said their last name, you would, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you yeah, connected right. us, you know, and it was all of that. And then, and then I would say like, well, Weezinger, and they'd be like, who? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I remember, I remember several times feeling like, I don't know. I mean, my dad was a produce manager in a grocery store and my mom stayed home to take care of her two boys. And I don't, I don't have these roots. Can I, can I really, can I, is this really, is this call that I have for real? Right. And, and I remember there was there was a specific moment where, but God, you know, stepped in and, and actually made me made me made me realize I don't need to have that resume. I don't need to have that background. You know, having me is enough. And I know that sounds like such the pastor thing to to say, but I remember the insecurities of of meeting people that were third, fourth generation. My my dad, my grandpa, everybody's a pastor. Everybody has these these kind of things. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I got nothing. And, uh, but what I had was what I had was God and and that was, and has been enough, but that was a transformational moment for me to own it instead of, uh, let every situation that came up shake me. And and it did, it did as a 19 year old sometimes. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, mine, those of you who have been around for me for a while, um, or have heard bits of my story, I have, and do struggle with some pretty serious mental health issues. Um, and when I was in high school, I felt a call to ministry when I was nine. So I was that like weird kid who they're like, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm like a pastor. I know where I'm going to college. Like I had no doubt in any of that. Um, but my depression and anxiety and PTSD really, really took hold of me in high school. And, um, I have, I have an unsuccessful suicide attempt in as a part of my narrative and, I remember waking up the next morning. Doctors don't know why I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that. And I remember waking up the next morning and I put my note in my Bible because it was a Sunday. And I went, well, I guess I'm going to church today. And I've never been so angry to go to church in my entire (laughs) life. But as I started to find health and um, get on the medication I needed to do, it was this big moment where it was a but God moment. And God just simply said, I'm not done with you. I'm not, I've got bigger plans. And it doesn't end in the 11th grade. And that has been something that since I was 16, I have to keep telling myself, God's not done. Yeah, God's not done. For Um, sure. So that's been a big kind of transformational moment for me because I, I have this I have this really dark past. I didn't, I wasn't a bad kid, but I have this past. Like I, and I knew Jesus the whole time. So there's a, 
I, it's not even a pre-Jesus, pre post-Jesus life that I have. But I have this life where Jesus every day is taking a, a little bit of the darkness away. And it's all because, but God said, I'm not done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's just such an amazing thing. Cause as, as you begin to hear people's stories and as you begin to uh, learn from them, cause I, I mean, I really think that's what these narratives are about is, is being able to take away from them what it is that, that the work is being done. You know, the details are different. Um, even in some cases, the severity of it is different. I mean, from all kinds of different angles, uh, but the thing that is in common is that phrase is, but God. And, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that there is that, that manifestation uh, of that presence and, and that, you know, we see it in small ways. We see it sometimes in big ways. Um, you know, sometimes it's in a blinding light two by four as you're walking down a road to, you know, Emmaus. And, and it's just, it, it impacts us in, in so many different ways. And I think ultimately really what we need to then focus on is what is our response. And, and I love, you know, I love Saul's response um, you know, being the guy that he is, you know, everything about him and the first words out of his mouth when, he, I mean, he can't see anything. The first words out are, who are you, Lord? I mean, and, and he knows, like he, he it's, it's kind of one of those like, uh-oh, like, did I mess up? Did I, you know, immediately he's questioning. And this is a guy who shouldn't have to question these things because he's done everything right, at, at least as far as he knows up to this point. And, all, and it's just the, who are you, Lord? And, you know, says, I am, I am Jesus. I am the one that you are persecuting. And you know, that's, I think they, I think they left out the word, dang it. Uh-huh. Yeah, was, I, yeah, think so. I, th- I think he was like, might, Oh, might've been a little more colorful. Than yeah. dang it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the goose is cooked. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and just there's that fear. It's a healthy fear. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very normal fear at that moment. And, and then we see that, you know, that fear a little bit later, as, as we mentioned, uh, you know, with this, with this man who, who says, you know, all right, Lord, like, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that this guy's conversion has, has taken, you know, and, and that's, and, and you actually, you, you bring that up, you know, th- these marks of a true conversion. Yeah, and that's and that's a great segue. Hey, and, uh, look, look, and, and for and what I for nine oh three, it wasn't bad. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so what uh, what got my attention? The way the Lord works for me a lot of times is I I see and connect the dots of even in sermon prep with conversations that I've had with people and how God was trying to show me some things. And I had this rather um, alarming or awkward conversation with a pastor friend. Uh, last week, and and I mentioned this in the in the sermons, but it, it was it was basically he was he was frustrated this this pastor, and he said, you know, and I just can't find. It just seems like nobody's nobody's real these days. The conversion that everybody talks about is really not changing their life. It's just giving God lip service, and and he really challenged me when he said, and I think there's going to be a lot of people and pastors who miss it. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That's that was kind of. Uh, Originally, that's I, I gave it an oof, and I felt like that's you know that's that's a little harsh. But then, for for whatever reason, uh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me let go of that thought. And, and then I'm like, well, there's got to be something better than the Book of Brian, in my opinion, on on uh, on being in, being out, and what it's supposed to look like. So I did a I did a little self study of probably about five or six different books of the Bible that has some real specific things that look like marks of conversion and 
came up with a list of about 25, but I only shared five because <laughs> I didn't want to go 40 yeah, minutes. Right. Yeah, thank you for uh, that. You're welcome. But, uh, you know, the, the first one and maybe the most, maybe the most important one is, is, is a mark of, of true conversion is conviction of sin. Yeah. Like really getting to a point where sin makes you sick, where sin is just something you don't want to be a part of, where, where you recognize sin for what it really is, because I, I, I'm irritated these days at how good Satan is at being a thief, Right. And sometimes we don't, we do not see clearly what, what we are, what we are doing and actually who's doing it to us. And, uh, so, so I don't know you guys, is that, is that too, uh, too much? Oh no, not at all. <laughs> I think we, I wish I had better words than amen, brother. Um, <laughs> but no, Satan is good at being a thief and I think the longer we live in a sinful culture, the harder it is to say what what is actually normal and what is sin. It's if you ask a little kid, like it's pretty obvious. Kids kids know they're not supposed to lie, and when they lie, they smile and they <laughs> blink seven times and it's really obvious because they know they're doing something wrong and somewhere along the way it becomes normal to lie. And we see that over, over everything. But being able to, I think the hard part here is being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is a sin. This, yeah. this is not godly living. Yeah. Well, we, say, we said earlier that we know that the house is going to get dusty even after we feel like we've done our best cleaning. And, and, and that's where, where I think sometimes subtly you know, in the, the word, you know, the old word, Satan gets a foothold. I haven't said that in a lot of years, but, but, but it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where a, a lot of times we don't recognize it mm-hmm. and, and we just, it just sort of blends in. And, and that's why I think the conviction of, of sin that we, you know, confession is not a one and done deal. Right. And, and it's something that I think we have to also, and that, that kind of leads to the second one is humbling, humbling ourselves and not being prideful. Because a lot of times we think, well, I've already prayed the prayer. Oh, I've already prayed the prayer right. seven times. Right. Oh, I, I, I should be further than this. And all of a sudden everything gets jumbled up and our, our pride says, well, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm holier than Mark, you know, or, yeah. or, or whatever. Amen. And we can compare. <laughs> we, do all, we play all kinds of games. But really yeah. what we should always, where we should always stay is, is hating sin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think... It's been interesting because I think, as you mentioned, Pastor Leslie, just there's there's a subtlety to it. I mean, both of you have brought this up. There there is a subtlety to it, and I think that's why you know, at least personally, within my own ministry, even I I've seen more and more individuals who who show up and they they have one particular question, and it's just how can I know for sure. You know, mm-hmm. and we, we're talking about these marks of a true conversion, and, and I mean, these are people who are who are legitimately seeking answers. And, and there's there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's there's all kinds of things going on there. And and for them, you know, they kind of want to go down and they want to check the list. They want to make sure that they've got every step, you know, nailed down. And and it's just, but but looking at you know these lists that that you've created, I, I'd love to see the other twenty, you know, at some <laughs> point. But you know, looking down through these these in some ways are not super tangible in, in the ways that other, other steps might be. And, and I'm, I wonder if that mixed with, you know, the way that Satan, you know, 
tries to get into our lives and tries to get that foothold and all of these things. I wonder if that's where we're seeing so many people just say, you know, how can I know for sure? Well, I think that's, I think confusion is one of, one of the best tactics. Yeah. And I think it's busyness, confusion, and just not, we don't like to take an honest look. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking that. And, and since, and, and, and it's, it's really because sometimes we stay busy and we stay doing all those things. So that way I don't have to, you know, that way I don't have to look at myself or I don't have to be challenged, which, which kind of leads me to, uh, I'll just give you one more of the, of the marks. And that was, uh, seeking the Lord in prayer. And, and I, I've read Saul's conversion in the whole thing many, many times, but the part that it actually says in there where, where, when the Lord's talking to Ananias, he says, he says, he's praying to me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, how have I not like That's that? So that cool. should have been on, uh, we highlighted in my Bible. I don't know why that just didn't ever stand out, but that's, that's exactly the kind of thing that we, we it's the same for us. We, we have to get to that point where, where, you know, we're talking to him right now. We're talking to him on a regular basis. We're, we're not so prideful that we think we've arrived or figured it out. The house got dusty again, so I need to talk to him. And, and but God, see, right. so I just got a little, right. I got a little go. pastor right. fired up there. Ooh. I had a little, had a little moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that's beautiful. I mean, that's, that is, I think that's hard. Again, because of so many other outside influences, because of so many other things that, you know, we, we, we use the phrase all, all the time. We live in the world, but we're not of the world, you know, and, and, and if you don't understand what that means, I mean, this is what we're talking about. It, it's that we, we are radically transformed, that we find our foundation, our root, our, our, our love even from a source that is not, not, not what everyone else is drawing from. And, and I, you know, we see that even, even in the Saul to Paul conversion, you know, we, we see this dramatic, I mean, and, and, and again, there's, um, the benefit of, of having worked through these letters of Paul, even, I mean, just to see uh, really what most people don't realize is this only happened over the course of like five to seven years before he was ultimately, you know, killed for his own beliefs and just, and, and even the irony in that, right. you know, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, in case you haven't, you know, read the rest <laughs> of, of his works, but I mean, just to see how passionate he was, how, how radical of a transform, uh, transforming work that was being done. Um, and ultimately this is something that would be used to literally create the church in like half of the known world at that point. I I mean, just, just an amazing story and and amazing conversion. One of the, one of the things maybe just to, to wrap up this section with, uh, for those of you that, that wonder, I, I finished, with uh, something on the TV uh, that we on the video and in the, in person, it's all confusing how to say it these days. But that no one is beyond the reach of God's grace, not yeah. even you. And I just I just want anybody who's listening to this and is wondering if your past, if your situation, if if you feel like your house or the closet is so dirty that that even you know even God couldn't clean it, that that it is possible and that God's grace is sufficient for whatever it is that you're dealing with. And, and uh, I think we should, I mean, I, I love to talk about grace. We, we need to talk about the reality of, uh, of the marks of conversion. We need to be truthful with ourselves. but man, after, after all said and done, the fact that his grace is real is, yeah. is the game changer is a big deal. Yeah. Grace. It's absolutely the game changer. It's the thing that says, it's okay to wake up today. It's the thing that says it's okay to try again. It's the thing that says I'm still here. Like it's without grace, we're without grace. We deserve to die how Jesus died. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that and that's a very, you know, that's that's a very powerful understanding of it and and and, and a true understanding of it. And here's what I want to make sure nobody's thinking. You know, let's go full circle back to caterpillars and butterflies. All right, some of us have decided that uh, well, I'm just a caterpillar. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's a that's just a dumb. You know, uh, Leslie, maybe this works better in children's in children's <laughs> church than it does on a podcast. But I just I think it's I think people just settle for a caterpillar, and uh, and God wants to do uh, an amazing transformation, metamorphosis into a butterfly, and. Uh, there's, there's just more to come and it's, and it's exciting more and it's a better more and a more satisfying more. Yeah. And it's this, I hear a lot of, well, that's just my personality, right? Yeah. That's just my yeah. personality. Yeah. I, I'm just naturally a pessimist or I'm, I'm naturally sarcastic or all of these things. And I hear those things sometimes as I'm okay being a caterpillar. I yes. don't, I don't no. want to push rock the boat too much. I'm mixing all of my metaphors right now. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I, and, and, and it's, it's the, I actually threw this out when, when you were saying it's you know, just the way God made me. Yeah. Just the way God made me. And I, I threw out and, and Mark, this is, you know, for a guy like the way you think about things, this is terrible. But I said, there's a Greek word for that. And I said the word poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> Only one time in the 1030 live service because I just I missed I, that. I, I, well, so my, my son thought it was the word of the day. <laughs> he really did. Oh, no, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great Greek word. <laughs> it is. I'm sure it has roots somewhere in there. Oh, man. No, that's that, that that's so good. I, and, you know, you, you mentioned the, this metaphor working better in children's church. I mean, there's a reason we use these metaphors. Like they're, they're easily understandable. And, and I'm sitting here and what I'm thinking out of all of this is for people who are trying to remain a caterpillar, it's just, that's not what you were intended to be. You know, right. that, that's not that as far as I know, I don't know any caterpillars that stay a caterpillar. Like, and of course, you know, that whole thing breaks down. And once someone, <laughs> once someone emails us and says, actually, well, actually there is. <laughs> or somebody <laughs> emails us and says, how many caterpillars do you know? Yeah, well, you know, or go digest yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, we are not we are not made to be a caterpillar forever. You know, we are made to experience this transformation, and and uh, and that's that is something that I think we we find hope in. It's it the process might take a little longer. You know, it it might mean that we have to clean things out of that junk closet one at a time. We got a lot of, of analogies you know, going on. Yeah, I know. Things going so on. many. I'm trying to keep track of all of them this early in the morning. It's yeah, tough. Who's but, on first? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What's, what, on, what's second. on second? But I don't know who's on third. Anyway. Well, quite the uh, quite the uh, quite the day Sunday for uh, for the person that's not around the oh, table man. here with us, Pastor Pastor Nate. After. Uh, uh, just a measly nine years. But who's of, counting? Yeah, but who's counting? You get 10, but he made it. It's under 10. <laughs> hey, it's like coming home before curfew. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey, here we go. Full circle. Yeah, but, Brought uh, to you by the morning person. Yeah, that's oh, good. Man. Exactly. So yeah. anyway, we, we have to say congratulations to the ordained Nathan Sutliff. After this last, uh, after this last Sunday, he was ordained, which is a process of uh, classes and interviews and a lot of different things to... Uh, I guess officially become a rev, become a reverend. Yeah. So he he did say that he wanted to be called that. Uh, Lord right. Reverend. He, he yeah, actually said was, Lord yeah, Reverend. My liege. And uh, I've, got a, I've got a term for that too, poppycock. <laughs> I was going to say, does it sound like up yours, Mark? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. She made the reference. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not oh, right. No. <laughs> well, if, if you have no idea what that's in reference to, that's okay. And we're not going to tell you, so... <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, congratulations to to Pastor Nate. Um, he has worked 
very, very hard on that. Oh, man, I said that with a straight face. You did. That's you did. Weird. And you even sound like you're awake now. Oh, man. Well, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're 40 minutes into this, so I'm going to go get coffee out of the, uh, after this. Oh, no. The words, they're going away. I'm forgetting things. Anyway, no, it, it's been a good time. We, we are glad that you've been listening. Uh, and if you've stuck with us this far, well, thank you. So uh, it, it has been a wonderful week. Uh, we are looking forward to this series for as long as it takes. Uh, do no. we have any idea? Uh, however the Lord moves. Yeah, there it is. There it is. That's that's the pastor answer that we're looking spirit. for. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or Instagram, or if you have any questions, comments, you can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org, which fun fact, we learned that's been broken for the last several weeks. Thanks, Pastor Nate. So we think that we've got that fixed. So you can actually email us and it's, not get a fix now. He's yeah, ordained. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's all it takes, man. That's fine. If I knew that. Uh, but if you want, if you want to contact us, you can email us there, podcast at crossingchurch.org. If it doesn't work at this point, well, blame me i i don't know but uh and if you want to financially support the ministries of this church uh we first off know that we cannot do this without you and we are so thankful for your support uh, and for your continued uh just really generosity in in the ministries of this church and everything that we are doing here even this insane podcast uh, you can financially contribute by visiting us online crossingchurch.org slash give um i mean we you can mail in your checks. We've had people do that. You can stop by the church, whatever it might be. Uh, we, we would uh, greatly appreciate that. Uh, but we thank you so much again, just for checking in with us this week. And we hope to hear from you soon. Mark, where are you going? Are you going to get coffee? I, You're I'm, leaving. Yep. yep, there you yep. Go. He's out of here. Bye.